making art of any kind is really a question of applying the craft of whatever we're doing to our vision. An artist is an artist because they see a blank canvas and in their mind is a result and they paint the result. And that's the same for music. There's silence and something enters. It could be a line, it could be a beat, it could be a whole song in the case of a genius like um, uh, a genius moment like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. It apparently appeared to Freddie Mercury as a whole thing, you know. So when you hear someone talk about, you know, taking away the clay to reveal the thing, that's the same thing. It's, it's making something out of nothing. It's manifesting, to use a kind of more modern term. And we manifest. Um, but we do this through sort of... Uh, a step-by-step process, right? It's it's not just, you don't just do it. Like, it's not like nothing and it becomes something, right? There's There's this multitude of steps. And as we get better at it, whatever it is we're doing, the steps become more clear. And the steps become more important because we realize that if we skip steps, it ends up sucking or taking longer to make it good. So... As we take a thing and break it down into steps and then we get more invested in the quality of you know, defining what the steps are, then we get invested in the quality of the actual steps. And that's what I want to address here, what I call the 90% rule. Now, for those of you who don't like math or for those of you who are logically accurate, I will admit this is a bullshit way to talk about it, okay? It's not 90% of anything, but the, just bear with me, okay? So... When we have a process and we break it into steps, each step represents its own moment, its own very important moment. And I would argue that mastery of the craft or mastery as an artist really comes down to two things. It comes down to figuring out what these steps are and then taking each step in the right way. And I don't mean right and wrong. I mean right meaning rightness. And that's where the 90% rule comes in. So the rightness of process is really about momentum and sufficiency. And again, that's where the 90% comes in. So let's take music, my primary world, and let's say we're putting a microphone on a kick drum or putting a microphone on a vocalist or putting a microphone on something. So... If you know the music world, there's the microphone itself, there's the preamp, there's the placement of the microphone, and um, there's the distance from the microphone to the source, the kick drum or the singer. So we have a choice of a mic, we have the placement of the mic, we have the preamp choice, uh, we have the distance away, the positioning physically in the room. Those are the basic variables. We might use a compressor, that'd be another variable. Which one, how much, etc. So we have these few variables, and each of these variables has its own 90% rule, which is basically this. Is it sufficient? Is it exciting? Do we want to move on, or do we start to get perfectionistic? So the, the breaking line on the 90% rule is the difference between momentum and fear. It's the difference between, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's good enough. That's pretty nice. Or... Yeah, it's good, but 
it's good, but it's good, but you know, I'm not enough. This is not enough. You know, all of that kind of baggage enters and we know it enters because it starts to get kind of a bummer. It's depressing. It's, it's not giving us energy as we do it. You know, like the, the, the human body, when we walk, if again, um, Alexander technique, which I, I may have mentioned before, I may mention again, but you know, when the ball of the foot rolls across the ground, there's energy that shoots literally from the ball of the foot up the leg, you know, into the body. So walking gives us energy. It's not energy depleting to walk, although of course we get tired, but the actual process, there's, there's momentum created by the act. And it's the same in this very small artistic process. In this case of the example, the moment of the microphone placement, the mic pre setup, the mic pre level, the mic pre, uh, the mic choice, the whole thing. So ninety percent is like, yeah, good enough. Let's move on. That's the feeling of it. That's the thought of it. It's like a sufficiency thing. Sufficiency is is huge because that leads to momentum and momentum is huge because when you take a process break it down into a let's say a thousand steps hypothetically do each of these to that 90 percent point of sufficiency and momentum without fear without perfectionism where there's a reasonable caution but not fear okay the difference being excuse me the difference being caution is an intelligent thought about potential fear is a non-intelligent thought about potential. You know, fear is based in inadequacy. I'm not enough or I'm fucking this up. And in a you know Judeo-Christian planet that most of us live in, that's kind of how we're brought up. You know, you're born flawed and sin and all this shit, even for, for babies, for infants, which is horrible. Right? It's like a guilt trip. Life is a guilt trip for most of us. And if it's not for us, it's in our genetics seven generations deep which we carry with us genetically in what scientists call our junk dna the 95 percent that's not the active dna that they look at so back to the point when we're at that fear place that's not that's not good right now we're trying to push it to push from 90 to 91 percent takes as much effort as it did to get from up to 90 and what happens is that trade-off is not worth it yeah 91 is better than 90 but look at what you have to do to get there. And what really matters isn't this one step. It's the result, the whole result of a thousand steps. So what we really need at each step is sufficiency and momentum. And if we do a process full of sufficiency and momentum, meaning 90% of what we imagine possible, we accomplish, and then we move on, in the end of the project, we have a surprise. It's actually greater than we imagined. How is it possible that something can be greater than we imagined? Well, because we did the process and the steps in the right way. Again, not right or wrong. That's no judgment. This isn't moralistic. It's about rightness. What does rightness feel like? It feels like excitement and momentum and enthusiasm and energy, like as the ball of the foot rolls across the concrete, and we get excited to keep walking. It's a beautiful day. We smell the air. We're having a good time. And in the process of our artistic whatever, in the one step of the thousand steps, we should be experiencing that same thing. Right? That's what we're looking for. Now, again, I don't mean should like a guilt trip. I mean, that's the goal. That's the sense of rightness. That's the sense of sufficiency and momentum. And at that moment, we have to trust. And this is the big one. 
We have to trust ourselves. We have to trust that it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. In fact, I'm here to say it's going to be better than we imagined. Better than we imagined, greater than the sum of the parts. That's the result of a, of a righteous process. Again, not right and wrong, not holy roller righteous, but something that has these good steps. It has these good steps. It's greater than the sum of the, of, the, of the parts. And why is it greater than we imagined? Well, that's pretty simple. It's a logical thing. You begin a process at A. Let's say you're thinking there's 26 steps to Z. You do A. You get to B. You do the 90% at A. You're like, okay, cool. That's great. Feeling good. Good enough. Sure, I could work on it more. Sure, I could tear it apart. Sure, I could be super analytical about this and critical and just hate myself for being inadequate and all that. But I'm just going to say good enough. Let's going to move on. So you get to B and you get to C. Well, what's happened as you get to B and C is that you're seeing Z differently. You're seeing the world differently. You're not the same person you were at B that you were at A. You're not the same person that, 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 that at C that you were at B. As you go from A to B to C, your original vision of what is A and B and C starts to evolve. It starts to grow. It starts to change because you're actually living a righteous process, a good process, a healthy process, a process full of momentum, a process full of sufficiency. And as I've said before, or I may say again, if I haven't, sufficiency like necessity are like the two crucial principles of operation, what's needed and how much is enough. And sufficiency is simply not taught. As artists, we have to make, uh, we have to put a flag in the ground and say, I'm going to be committed to sufficiency in my life. Because sufficiency isn't eating beans and rice. Sufficiency is this, it's getting to the point of good enough and moving on with momentum before we move into self-critical fears that go beyond the pale. They go beyond what's necessary. They're unnecessary. They're built in you know, societal guilt, shame, norms, and a bunch of bullshit, which is ultimately control from religious entities or becomes parents or authority figures or whatever. All that guilt and shame stuff is control, and we live in a world that is built to make us feel inadequate. It's the nature of commerce. You need to buy this. You need to buy that. We're also living in a world that's built on no sense of sufficiency. There's no corporation in the world that says, okay, this quarter we did the same as last quarter, and that's fine. That doesn't work. This is the problem with the world. The corporate model is a cancer. It's a cancer on the world. It has to grow. It has to grow. It doesn't matter who it kills, who it screws over, what it does to the environment, what it does to its competitors and their children and their friends and their family. There's nothing ethical or moral or holistic about the corporate model. It's absolutely cancerous. And we live in a corporate world. So sufficiency is not taught. It's not encouraged. It's, it's not even on the radar. It's not a conversation. Sufficient. What, do you have, you have an ambition problem? What, you don't believe in yourself? What's sufficient mean? Well, it doesn't mean eating rice. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about honoring your own needs and your own momentum in getting to points and processes. You know, I, I drive a very fancy car. I need it. It's sufficient for me. Someone else would say, that's extravagant. Well, 
It's not. Not at my process. Not the cars I've driven my whole life. Not my love of cars. It's not for anyone else to say what you need and what is sufficient. But it's absolutely essential for you to say what you need and what is sufficient. Because that's, that's the inner dialogue that gets us working in concert with our own creative process. And when we do that, we get help. We get help from the universe. We get grace. Not religious grace, but grace meaning help. There is help. There is help available all the time, and we are not available to it. That's a Robert Fripp uh, paraphrase. Help is available always. We're not available to it. And we get more available to it when we get caught up more about sufficiency and momentum than we do our own inadequacy. So when perfectionism kicks in at any step in the process, that's a bad sign. When fears kick in, when the whole thing starts to seem like hard work and you're rolling the rock uphill, that's a bad sign. We're looking for that moment where just before that where you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to trust myself and more importantly trust the process that at the end of this 26 steps from A to Z or at the end of this 1,000 steps, this thing's going to work out. And it does work out. We get a surprise. We get something greater than the sum of the parts. So that's the, that's the essential blueprint of the 90% rule. Sorry about that beeping. There's a, there's a truck backing up. There's, there's just, you're looking for momentum, you're looking for sufficiency, you're looking to trust the process, you're looking to trust yourself, you're looking to get energy off the ball of your foot as you walk. You're looking to get a process that carries over because guess what? When people observe visual art or listen to music or read a book, what are they reading? What are they looking at? What are they seeing? They're seeing you. Scary as it may be, it's just you. Music is literally the energy of all the people who work on a record combined. Now, yes, Adele is more important than the person who brought Adele her coffee. But the person who brought Adele her coffee before that particular take may have just changed the world. Maybe it was a smile, a glance, a gesture, a kindness. Maybe it was the perfect coffee at the perfect temperature that Adele didn't ask for. But she knew it because she's a great assistant. Anybody in the process can affect the process. So it's unimportant to get too worried about which step is more important. Although certainly in every process, certain steps are more important. I'm saying throw that out the window. Take each step as equally important. This is the Zen of the process, if you will. This is the, this is the art of the process. This is the craft of the process. This is the way to do it. Each step is important. Each step could be monumental. And each step is a place where we could get tripped up if we get into those negative self-hating thoughts. Each step is also a place where we could build momentum, excitement, enthusiasm, and discovery on our way to a process result that's greater than the sum of the parts and greater than our original vision. And that's what I wish for you. <laughs>